0: Hey, it's Scott Orner, of Cruise Consulting, and welcome to another episode of Founders and Friends. And before we start the podcast, let's give a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is the new cool payroll tool that we see a lot of startups using. Rippling is great for your traditional HR and payroll. They integrate very nicely. But guess what? They did another thing. They integrate into your IT infrastructure. They make it really easy for when you hire someone to spin up all the web services and their computer, which sounds kind of like not a huge deal, but actually we did the study at Cruise. We spend $420 on average just getting a new employee's computer up and running and their web service up and running. It's actually a really big deal. saves a lot of money. And the dogs are eating the dog food. Like We see a lot of startups coming in. The Cruise is now using Rippling. So please check out Rippling great service. We love it. I think we have a podcast with Parker Conrad. You can hear it from his own words, but we're seeing them take market share. So shout out to Rippling. And now to another awesome podcast at Cruise Consulting's Founders and Friends. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting, in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. Founders and Friends. And friends with your host, Scotty. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott O'Rourke Cruise Consulting. And welcome to my uh, very special guest, Dave Zorab of Chartable. Welcome, Dave.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Scott.
0: So, Chartable is, I mean, we are getting, we're really doing like a meta podcast here. We're doing a podcast about podcast analytics. I'm so excited.
1: This is uh, what I believe and breathe. I, I live for this stuff, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you talk about it probably 10 times a day. Yes. So, <laughs> So, first of all, start off just by telling everyone how you retrace your career and how you had the idea for Chartable.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, I've been, uh, I'm an engineer uh, and I've been working in startups for a long time. I've been coding since I was a little kid, building stuff on the internet. Like when I was in middle school, built like a QBasic programming tutorial website. Like for Christmas, I got a domain for my parents in like 1994, you know? So, like that was, that's that's the kind of nerd I was. (laughs) You know, I've been, been building stuff forever. I've founded a few companies, worked at a few companies. I worked at uh, for, oh, like, wait, Hot or Not.com and Angelist, uh for like five years. Yeah, yeah, really? for sure. Yeah. You must have been
0: like in high school or
1: something. No, I was. I mean, I joined in 05. I mean, I'm almost 40. You know, I got two kids, so I've been doing this for a while. You look young. Thank you. Well, I really that was a Berkeley.
0: It came. I went to Berkeley too, and okay. I came out of Berkeley. And uh, I remember that. I was like, what is this? This is amazing. Yeah, you know. So yeah, cool. it was a
1: funny. I mean, honestly, I answered the Craigslist ad thinking it was like a joke. Right. But it turns out it's like, you know, really small group of really, really smart people made that thing. Uh, and I'm still in touch with basically everyone there. And like, you know, founders are like investors in uh, and, and my company and like friends and everyone I work with. But anyway, uh, it was like my startup school, you know, how to make a business it was like spitting off cash and there's like five people that worked there like yeah, what heard, crazy thing. Really well. yeah yeah um so um that was my intro to like startups in the bay area and it was just uh it was a fun time to be building stuff on the internet it's like web 2.0 era uh ended up starting a mobile apps company in the early days of the iphone working at angel for five years of building their recruiting platform uh and then my co-founder and i were both working at angelis and uh decided to leave around the same time uh you know we're we're both already dads at that point, you know, we've done okay in startup land, right? not like, you know, no home runs, but done all right, you know, and thinking like, well, you know, we're never going to get in the younger, it's never going to get any easier to take risks, like, let's do it again. Uh, and so we left without having any idea of what we were going to do, uh, just like uh, a time frame. I knew I wanted to have another kid and I was like, well, either we have something going before then or, uh, you know, or go get another job. Uh, the next
0: two years are shot. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. You know, we started off, you know, with the first few things we built didn't work. Uh, like, we built some like customer service survey software, all this stuff that didn't work. And um, those, you know, we learned various things. You learn a lot by what doesn't work, of course. Uh, it's better to have learn by having something that does work, but uh, you take what you can. After that first round of experiments wasn't working, we just made a big list of stuff saying, like, hey, like, what can we do? What, what are we interested in? We're running out of time. Let's do something that, like, we're at least interested in and try to have fun with. And somehow podcasts are at the top of the list. I've been a listener for a long time, never thought about it from a tech or business perspective, right? Uh, and so we just spent a few months learning about podcasts like we made a podcast uh, called Hacker Daily, which is an audio summary of Hacker News, the Y Combinator News board. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we and it it took off like we put up a landing page on Hacker News and we got like hundreds of signups within like an hour. And I was like, that's crazy. People want us to like read them the news. Like what kind of weird world is this? Right. And then so we did the show. We did the show daily for over a month. And everybody was like, we have thousands of downloads the first day and like we're getting like five thousand dollars a day or something like that which is crazy you know crazy for an indie show like not crazy for yeah. if you're like npr yeah. right but like and we were i was like what what is going on like why do people want and not only do they want us to like summarize the news people are like we really want to hear your opinion like we, why don't you guys give us more commentary i was like this is crazy right like this is why is anyone listening to me right uh and if they're listening to me then they must really be starved for content right they must really love this medium yeah uh- yeah <laughs> And so, well, it,
0: it's also I have a theory that people like we see our especially now with COVID we see our friends so much less. Yeah, that like kind of like podcast like this is weird, but like podcasts become your friends for sure. Like the the voices, That's like the I, I listen to Bill yeah on the rewatchables, and like I feel like those guys are my friends. You know, like I now I still love my normal friends. But like it it's a, does take the place slightly of what's going on.
1: Yeah, so like we, we had a wonderful experience making the show, but doing a daily show is insane. And I have incredible respect for people putting out content on any regular interval like that. And so we just thought, like, what can we do with our skills, like as programmers, that like this market actually needs? Uh, first thought was like, let's make an app. And it turns out we interviewed a bunch of listeners and nobody wants to change their app, right? So, all right, okay, what else can we do? Um, there was a real pattern match to the App Store in the very early days uh, where, you know, I was making apps, uh, with Jim, my, my co-founder, who's one of the founders of hot or not. And like, you know, every day you'd get like downloads once a day from Apple. Like you'd like refresh this iTunes page, right? Like, Apple R, Apple R, refresh, refresh. And like, they tell you how many downloads you got, like noon Pacific or something. Yeah. And like podcasts are not that, but they're like not that far off from that. Right. It's like, you still like, when we were making our show, when you get 5,000 a day, it's like, who are these people? How did they find us? Like what, yeah. like, and we know, well, here's the again. thing
0: we're going to get it. I got some bones to pick.
1: Okay. Let's the do it. Yeah.
0: Netflix, it's a super weird world. But yeah, I'm surprised you even knew you had 5,000 downloads a day. Cause I don't even know how to get that data. Yeah. Well, it depends so, on
1: like, so yeah. Podcasting for those that don't know, it's a, it's one of the few kind of open ecosystems out there where it's like kind of anyone can make a podcast. You can put, put up the show anywhere. It's not like YouTube where there's like one place like Google owns YouTube. You go to youtube.com, yep. you open a video or you upload a video. And when people press play, Google says, okay, somebody click play on that video. Uh, podcast is like the opposite. It's like there's a zillion places you can put the podcast. Like Apple doesn't host the podcast. Spotify doesn't host the podcast. You do on some server somewhere with some service you're paying for. And yeah. people can listen in any number of zillions of different ways. Like they're on their phone, on their computer, in their car, on a smart speaker. Uh, there's like airplane seat backs that also play podcasts now, right? It's like... So it's not at all like the kind of standard model, the centralized model of the internet these days. So it pre- yeah. presents some unique opportunities and challenges. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: You are solving a pain point for many people like me. So yeah. so you you basically, the, you you want to participate in the ecosystem and you're like, hey, I don't know where these 5,000 people are coming from. Maybe we should build something there. Yeah. Let's
1: where they're coming from? Yeah, it's like I mean, and it was a lot like the app store, and and what happened with the app store is that there were companies that came up, uh, analytics companies like Flurry and App Annie and all these things to help yeah. app developers figure out like how to grow their apps. And we're like, okay, we're just gonna do the same thing for podcasts, right? We built a prototype. It all happened pretty fast. We got a ton of traction, which like never happens, you know. And it was like the opposite of like our customer service software that didn't go anywhere. Uh, and so we were just like, all right, let's let's do this. I mean, just since then, we've just been learning from our listeners and trying to solve their problems. Like, how do I grow my audience? And, you know, we've recently, you know, in the last year, branched out to advertisers and advertisers have the same problem, which is like, if I buy a podcast ad, like who, uh, who's listening? How do I know if the ad actually worked, right? These All these things are really simple in the YouTube world where everything is controlled by one company, but like yeah. very difficult in this kind of, Distributed ecosystem.
0: Yep. and I I went to business school at Kellogg, which is like the marketing business school, uh-huh. and it's drilled into like we were talking about some marketing terms before I turned on the mic, and I was like, yeah, I know that stuff because I'm not just an accountant. And but like it's drill ROI drilled yeah. into every marketer nowadays, and Google gives that to you. Yep, Facebook gives that to you, and it seems like you're you're cracking the code on podcast advertising. Yeah,
1: we're doing our best, right? It's it's we don't have the same. Data that Facebook has on you. Uh, and a lot of people would say that's a good thing. But we do have, it, it's also not, you know, people treat podcasts like they treat like, you know, what the industry would call offline media, like a Subway ad or a billboard or something. Yeah. You know, there's a coupon code. And podcasts aren't a Subway ad, uh, but they're also not Facebook. They're somewhere in between, right? And we're doing our best yeah. to, you know, give uh, advertisers uh, as much information as we can about what's working.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, I think. People buy uh, TV ads or or maybe even radio ads a little bit to this degree, but it's like reach and yeah, and it's like these magical kind of qualitative yeah. benefits to you. Or at least that's what my friends in the business uh, pitch. But you guys are like a digital medium, like podcasting that's right. is digital. Podcasting is digital. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I think it's so awesome. So okay. okay, so you you figured out the analytics. Maybe walk us through like the the meat and potatoes on the analytics, and then segue that into like how it works for like an advertiser. Maybe there's an example.
1: Yeah. So for publishers, you know, the kind of standard number that gets thrown around is a download, right? Like, you know, somebody like open up their phone and like download your podcast, right? But download,
0: this drives me crazy because everyone does downloads, but that's not listenership, you know, they're not
1: listenership, but because we don't control the environment in which the podcast is listened to, like the, we don't know necessarily who listens. Now that has changed in the last couple of years. And one of the things that we do for publishers is, aggregate the, there is like listener consumption data that Apple and Spotify provide to publishers. And now also recently Google and Pandora, um, they'll tell you how many people are actually listening. Right. Oh, awesome. um, okay. And so one of the things we do for publishers is say, okay, like if you connect your Apple and your Spotify accounts, we'll suck in that data and put it alongside your podcast and we will make it mean the same thing. Cause if you, the definitions of their stats are like slightly different. Right. So like uh, <laughs> we make it an apples pun apples to apples uh, comparison. Yep. Right. So that was the original vision for what Chartable was. And and when we built that, we thought, ah, everybody's going to be banging on our door uh, for this. And we were wrong. You know, we were just a little bit early. Like we're nerds. So of course we think about the world in terms of like, it must be listeners and it must be, you have to have the right yeah. data to make the decision. And really like podcasts, the ad market was still so small, even though the audience is so big that most of the people, and this is still true. Most people are, are motivated by their creative or journalistic impulse. Like there's so much overlap with public radio. There's a lot of mission driven stuff happening, uh, which is wonderful. It's part of what makes the medium so great. Uh, but these people aren't necessarily thinking like, gosh, I really wish I had like a super tight definition of like a listener. Yeah. Right. right. Like, they're
0: not cold, hard capitalists.
1: Yeah. You no, know? They're, they're, like, of course you and I are like, yeah, what's, what's, what's the definition of that? How do I yeah, get more of those? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, Uh, it's been, it's been fun to like help solve those problems for people. So for publishers, the first step was getting all the data in one place. The second step was, okay, well now I know who's downloading and who's listening, how do I grow? Right. And so we built, uh, the first and still the only, um, like attribution link, like a bit.ly type thing, just for podcasts. That'll tell you how many downloads coming through a link, which nobody had ever done before. I have no idea why. Uh, but like, if you're ever doing any promotion for your show, you want to know, like, is it my Twitter that drives listeners? Or is it my newsletter? Or if I buy this ad on Facebook, is that working? We're the only way to get that data for growing a show. We've also, we've since expanded that. So I would just, I would just say one of my, I'll give you a talking point. Uh, for, forgive me for this. Uh, chartable measures like the listener journey, right? So we, what part of the journey is from the internet to your podcast, like, how do they find it? Another part discovery. of the journey, yeah, discovery, right? So that our links give you attribution, you know, if you're trying to grow your show that way. Another part of the journey is like one of the biggest, channels for advertising podcasts is on other podcasts right if you listen to any shows i'm sure you've heard promos for other shows right and it's because it really works uh people always knew it worked but they never had any numbers and we were the first ones to actually um, uh, give people hard numbers on how many new listeners came over from like a podcast promotion on another show so that's the second step of the listener journey is going from one podcast to another uh, and then the final step which is like uh been the most recent change in our company's journey is um figuring out if the ads work going from the podcast back out to the internet right? And these are all various flavors of like what marketing tech people would call attribution, right? It's like, where are people coming from? Where are they going? You know, how do I know if something's working or not? If I'm trying, whether I'm an advertiser trying to sell something or a podcaster trying to grow my audience, like I want to know how to do it, right? Uh, so yeah, for yeah. us, it's like the same kind of like data backbone underneath all this stuff and then we package it up in different ways.
0: That's amazing. That's really, the and the, the ad attribution, I know again, I sound like a cold hard capitalist, but like <laughs> those people who need to Justify the spend. Need that data, yeah. Because the, you know, and and so it just. I think it's. I think that it's. I think it'll. It's unlocking like a a positive cycle where people can spend more money on their podcast production and make exactly. them better. When you, maybe make them a little visual cool and things like that because they can monetize them better. It's it's it is capitalism at work in a way, but I think it's a, in a positive way.
1: Yeah, that's the happy capitalistic interpretation. I mean, that was our thesis going in, right? It's like okay why don't people spend more money on podcast ads? Well, it's really hard. Like even if I love podcast ads and I, podcasts and I'm like a marketer somewhere, I have to convince my boss. Right. Like, Yeah. And so like, yeah. like, that's like, and I feel like that's a lot of folks when they think about these systems, like don't necessarily think about the people in the seats, like who are actually like controlling these decisions. Like, what do they have to do? Like they have to convince somebody higher than them that they're doing a good job. Right. And it's really hard to do that. Like when you spend ad dollars on Facebook, And get like a crazy level of detail about how it's working and they're like okay well we spent you know twenty thousand dollars on podcast ads and we got twenty thousand downloads it's like okay what does that mean facebook gives me all this stuff right go spend more money there right it makes me look better as a buyer right uh or makes my boss think i'm doing a better job which is like maybe a cynical view of it but also like you know there's some reality to it right so we we think that better attribution will like you said will flow all around the system like if podcasters should be able to show that the ads, we know the ads work and our attribution can show that they work better than we even thought they did. And so if that's true, then more ad dollars should flow into the system, which should mean more money for creators, which means more great shows for listeners, right? It's like everybody wins here, right? Perhaps like rosy as that might sound like that. That's what we truly believe. We love the medium. We want to see it grow.
0: I'm I'm so there. I've been there for like, I've been doing my podcast for I think five years now. Dude,
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah. But I felt you know what's funny about that is I thought I was late to the game. I like yeah. I listened to a bunch of other podcasts, and I was working at Thoughtbot, which is a software development oh, firm sure. in yeah. San Francisco, and they were doing podcasts. And I was like, "Hey, show me how to do this." Yeah. And it, my buddy Dan Croak, who's the guy who ran San Francisco, showed me, and I was like, ah, "It's a little late, but I'll I'll just do it for fun." But like. So I'm I'm convinced. Like I know it works. I know people talk about. It. I know people listen. So I I love what you're doing. Thanks, man. And to me, you're you're bringing clarity to this ecosystem that really lacks the clarity. And I think it's going to make it a lot easier to convince people and probably normalize. It'll make people who don't listen to podcasts feel more comfortable listening to it and experimenting and kind of jumping on the boat because yeah. right now they may not. They kind of know that people talk about it, but they may think it's goofy or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's but, like for whatever reason, like it's been you know, there's this stereotype or whatever, like archetype of like a podcast listener is like a coastal elite, like listening to like NPR shows only, right? It's like only this American life, right? Which is a great show. uh, And I've listened to it, right? But there's all kinds of shows uh, for all kinds of people for all kinds of different reasons. It's not just like this, like stereotypical listener, right? And in fact, like there's now like 100 million people listening to podcasts in the US. Most of them are not like that, right? Like most of them are not, you know, it's like, Some of the most popular shows are stuff you know, stuff I wouldn't have ever even have heard of, right? So it's like it's funny that you think that the boat left five years ago. The boat is still here. (laughs) I only got I only got on a couple years ago, and I feel like yeah, super late, right? So (laughs) exactly,
0: yeah. Well, what's and then maybe complete that journey from like now that you've got the data? How do you do? You guys talk to advertisers? Do you guys talk to brands?
1: Or yeah, the, we work like, with both sides. What's your role yeah. in the ecosystem? So um, we work with both sides. So in order for the attribution to work, you really need data from the publishers and creators. Like they have to be willing to uh, trust you to share their download data with you. Uh, and yeah. then we also triangulate that data with the advertiser data. Like so, the advertisers have to trust us to put a little snippet of code on their their website too, right? So it's like we have to like sit in between all these guys uh, and gals, and you know, do a good job kind of threading the needle here it's like we don't want to under report we don't want to over report we want to be yeah. a as reliable a source of information about what's actually happening no matter what right part of the way we got here was by building tools just for publishers we didn't start out building tools for advertisers and we were really quickly you know built up a base of some of the large publishers in the world like using us for the audience analytics tools yeah and once we have all those publishers it's like well hey we have this data we have you know, advertisers are emailing us all the time saying, hey, can I get that data? It's like, well, we're not going to give you somebody's private data, but if they want to share it with you, well, we can act as like a broker, right? It's like we can be the yeah, yeah, person yeah. here, right? We can help do this uh, in a way that, like, you know, respects listener privacy, uh, respects, you know, the relationship between the publisher and the advertiser, but also gives like good results, right? Uh, gives like yeah. uh, as accurate results as we can. So we just kind of evolved into this this role here, we're serving both sides. And the advertiser side of the business has been growing really. We were worried about what happened. Like overall ad spending in the world dropped significantly due to COVID. But uh, in an uncertain environment, which you know there's all kinds of uncertainty all the time, even though things have been uh, you know trending trending better economically for a little bit, attribution becomes even more important. So we've actually. Uh, we were really worried when, uh, all this stuff first hit for obvious reasons. We're also like based in New York and a lot of our team got sick. It was like totally insane time. Yeah, it was insane, Jeez. dude. Uh, I'm sure the, the experience on the ground in California must've been different, uh, than here. We
0: just locked down really early. So yeah. like we came back from a trip and there was the big Saster conference and we were like, we're not going to that. And I was yeah. talking to the rep the whole time I was on vacation, trying to like tell him not to have the conference and but the day we the day after we got back california shut down i think so yeah. it was like it kind of just happened and or san francisco shut down san francisco's the first yeah so like our experience is definitely different because yeah. you had friends and team members getting sick which yeah. is really scary
1: yeah like, I think,
0: okay. while you like what's happening in the ad market what's happening in the podcast market i'm sure it was like the triple whammy for you
1: yeah dude march was like a month that was not terribly fun uh <laughs> uh you know from a personal standpoint like i i got sick my wife got sick and who knows if it was COVID or not, right? But uh, it was—it was an intense time. Uh, and, Probably. Will. Yeah, we survived through that, uh, thankfully, and you know the company's been doing really well. What we offer actually becomes more valuable in this time, which I feel like very lucky about, right? There was a dip in podcast listening, uh, right when everything locked down. Um, for a lot of folks, podcasting is coupled to commuting, uh, for obvious reasons. We're habitual people. Like when I walk out my door and walk down to the train. Uh, which I haven't done in three months. Uh, I open up my podcast app, right? That's like what I do, like it's awkward, totally, you know. Uh, and so, you know, we've all had to find new ways to, you know, change up our media habits. Uh, but podcast listening has returned to, you know, pre-pandemic levels and it's still on the rise. So wow. we're super optimistic about that too. You're in. Su-
0: I'm just so happy for you and Thanks, your co-founder because you guys. First of all, you, I didn't know about all these iterations and different <laughs> businesses. Before because you just came to me as like the guy who figured out podcast analytics i was like this guy's smart he really knows what he's <laughs> doing uh, but like to to iterate and then land on something that's working that's super cool and then i think you're in like a 10 or 20 year mega trend and you guys you this will this might be the last job you ever have that's actually that is the the vibe
1: that i'm i'm feeling too like i you know yeah. when i was a younger guy like I always had such a short time span, you know, like live, I was living in San Francisco and like building social apps. Right. And it's like, what's the hit? Like, got to get a hit. And yeah. And here I'm like, well, this is like, I don't want another job, right? I'm like really enjoying this as difficult uh, and as challenging as it is. It's also like super fulfilling and I feel so lucky to be able to do it. Uh, and I love this medium. It's so cool. The people that work in podcasting are so cool on the publisher side and the advertiser side. I love our clients. right? And so like what else can what else can you ask for? I got a great team. Yeah. Yeah. I like actually care about what I'm doing. Like what else? I mean, like that is the luckiest. Like I'm the luckiest guy, man. Like, that's it. You know? So I I, I am committed to this for a long time. And and actually having that 10 year timeframe makes it makes everything a lot easier, right? Oh
0: God. <laughs> We're you and I are in the same boat, like uh, age wise, family wise, yeah. wise. And you're right about that long-term commitment because I've only, I've been doing crews for five years, a little more than five years, but like, We we just got the scale. Like now it's getting easier and even more fun. And like, I can see we're in a different mega trend, but I can see the same mega trend. And it's like, it makes those investments like you can make those investments of your time and energy and you know, it's going to am- it's going to benefit for 10 years, not six months. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It makes some of the pain, uh, you know, if you know the pain is going to pay off over 10, 10 or 20 years, that like makes it slightly yeah. better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. This has been amazing. Can you just spend like what,
0: give people a, a look into what's coming up for chartable and then we can talk about where they can find you.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so We've spent a lot of the last quarter, uh, really just kind of tightening up our product offering. Uh, and so, like, if you are thinking about making a podcast or are making a podcast, um, you know, we're the only game in town when it comes to like getting uh, a holistic picture of what's happening with your show and giving you the kind of data-driven tools to grow it. It's really complicated. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do to make it simple. Uh, I'll totally admit that. Um, but we're working on it uh and you know we're committed to it for the long term right so it makes it easier to think okay well this isn't perfect now but we're gonna gonna keep keep chipping away at it uh and if you're it. and if you're thinking about buying podcast ads hit us up i mean like, podcasting is an incredible medium even or if you're thinking about starting a podcast for your business uh it's such like and, and Scott, i'm sure you can speak to this it's like such an incredible medium for connecting with people and i think when one of the things that people trip up on a little bit uh, when they get started with it, is that the the numbers are so like page views on a website, right? Like, oh, I get so many hits on my blog. It's like, yeah, those hits are about two seconds of somebody's browser. Maybe it's a bot or something, right? Yeah. yeah uh when yeah, you're like yeah. you know, you make a half an hour podcast, most people, and you'll we could, you know, hook up your Apple stats and you could like, check out Chartable for this. But, like, most people are listening to the whole dang thing. They're spending half an hour with you or an hour. Every week or every other week. That's crazy from a business standpoint. Like, that's it's nuts, right? It's amazing. And from a personal development standpoint, like, just like
0: you and I, I got to listen to a world expert in podcast analytics for <laughs> the last half hour. Like, so, like, I've gotten so much smarter just from the guests and also met a lot of great people and made a yeah, lot of people. Sure. So, yeah, I'm sure. That's fantastic, man. I really recommend it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, we're just, we're just, uh, we're turning the crank on, on what we got, we're, we're building better tools for publishers, better tools for advertisers. And uh, we'll be here for the next 10 years doing the same thing. <laughs> I love
0: it. I love it. Well, maybe we could do like an annual state of the podcasting market. Yeah,
1: man, that'd be fun. Uh,
0: well, and then maybe every, you can tell everyone how to reach you and how to reach Charitable.
1: Sure. So Charitable is at charitable.com and not charitable.com, <laughs> which we get often. Uh, and I'm uh, Dave at charitable.com. If you want to hit me up over email, my Twitter is hard to remember as DZOHROB, uh, first initial, last name. Uh, but I'm there. Uh, I've also got a podcast. I'm hoping to restart called charitable radio uh maybe scott you could be one of my guests <laughs> on that one too i'll return the favor
0: <laughs> i love it i'll be on like any podcast it's because fun it's the early days of blogging where totally everyone's kind of building their expertise and you help people get their their one going and then you know it's like, it's like i like it a lot and it's, again it's the same benefit i get from interviewing people being interviewed is actually so much easier like i your mental load Maybe not this because you're doing so much talking, but like I find that I can just, I am so much more relaxed when I'm actually being interviewed. For sure. You know, it's yeah. Like,
1: no, I'm like, I like, I get a lot sweatier when I'm doing the interviewing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, you've built a really cool company. Tell your co founder, thank you. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Todd. I, I'm going to be uh, maybe sending a few emails being like, hey, how do I get this? And I've already, just just so the audience knows, I signed up like six months ago or a year ago. And I'm, I still have a hard time with the Apple side of the equation. And yeah. we're, we're all friends with Apple here. We don't want to pick a fight. But like, hey, Charitable will solve that problem for us.
1: Yes, we're working on it. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> all right, buddy. Thanks so much. Thank you, Scott.
1: So when your troubles
0: are mountain in tax or accounting, you go to cruel. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty, oh, oh. Scotty.